Revelation chapter 5. This is the heavenly scene John has been called up into the third heaven to see the things that God would not let Paul write about, but he's going to let John. He's going to give John the ability to write what he's seeing in the third heaven. And dealing with the subject of prayer, you might ask, what can we learn about prayer in the heavenly scene? Well, it's in the Bible. Everything I'm going to give you is in the Bible. I, well, I understand one of the things that we will not have to no more need of when we get into heaven will be prayer. We won't have to pray again when we get to heaven. There'll be no more tears, no more heartaches, no trials. For we'll be with him, but we don't have to pray to him because we're going to see him face to face. There'll be no more need, need for us to bow down on our knees and have a word of prayer. Lord, help this person. Lord, help that person. Lord, you know what I'm going through? Because we're going to be standing there with him this morning. This, that, that day. I'm looking forward to that day. Like I said, we looked on uh, prayer on this side. I want to take a look at what prayer looks like on that side. And the Bible tells us what it looks like. Uh, Revelation verse, uh, chapter 5, verse number 7. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having one of the harps and the golden vials of, full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Look at chapter 8 of Revelations. Chapter 8, Revelations. Now, I realize these are no longer church-age saints. These are the tribulation saints, but the principle still applies. The principle of prayer done down here and what it turns into over there is still the same. Revelation 8, verse 3. And another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it up with the prayers of the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with, the, the, uh, with them was now covered in So let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight, Lord, for all that you've done. We thank you for your mercy and grace and love. We thank you for each one that's here tonight. We pray, Lord, that you touch hearts, lift us up, and encourage us. And Father, we'll give you the praise and glory and honor in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. And it said, And another angel came and stood at the altar. Let me pause right there. You read about Moses and the tabernacle in the wilderness. And according to the book of Hebrews, uh, for everything that God gave Moses on the, the, uh, how to build the tabernacle, what everything would look like, is just an absolute uh, uh, image of what's in heaven and the throne there. They're worshiping him in the throne the same way they were worshiping there. Uh, everything is the exact same. So I want to look at it tonight. Uh, what does your prayers produce over there? God is just hearing words. What is going on? According to the two texts that we read, I read to you, it's just more than just a minute of prayer over yonder. Eventually, evidently, is a is a smell on the other side. They're offered up these. Uh, prayers become an, an spiritual incense and turns into something that God can smell on that side. 
would have thought that your prayers down here turns into a perfume of odor or incense that God literally smells with his nostrils over there on third heaven. Do you realize these, uh, those Old Testament sacrifices had a, a smell to them? According to the Old Testament, they were a sweet-smelling Savior in the nostrils of God. God smelt it, and he said, it smells good to me. Do you realize, according to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, and he walked in love as Christ was as, as had loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior tonight. When Christ died on the cross, there was a smell that came off at the altar of cross, and that smell went to God, and God said, I'll accept that. According to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 15, we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ. When the Lord smells you and I, those that have been washed in the blood, He smells us and says, they smell like my children. They're mine. I know that smell. I'm glad of that. According to these texts, there's been an odor associated with it. Tonight, we're going to deal with this smell of prayer. But Psalms 141, David said, Lord, I cry unto thee, make haste unto me, give ear unto my voice. When I cry unto thee, let my prayers be set before thee as incense, and the lifting of my hands as an evening of sacrifice. So David said he, he wants his prayers to be up to God as a smell of incense. Now turn to Exodus chapter 30. I won't keep you long tonight, but I just want to get this thought on prayer and what we're doing with prayer and how it should be and what God sees and what our prayers and some thoughts on this thought of this smell of prayer. Here in the tabernacle, you'll find there's all kinds of instruments of worship. There's the altar, a, a burnt offering was there. They offered up lambs, rams, and turtle doves where the blood was shed, there was a laving where they washed their hands and feet. They got their sins taken care of. They got their washing taken care of. And then they would go inside the tabernacle, and there was a showbread, a picture of the Word of God. And there was the, there was the golden candlesticks, also a picture of the Word of God. And then there was the altar of incense. The altar of incense that would simply put out a sweet-smelling Savior in that would be released as an odor. Where the presence of God was dwelling, that's where the incense was being, God was pleased with it. Verse number one in chapter 30, and thou make an altar to burnt incense upon Shittim wood, and thou and shalt thou make it. Go down to verse number seven. And Aaron shall burn their own sweet incense every morning. When he is dressed the lambs, he shall burn incense upon it. And when Aaron lighteth the lamp at evening, he shall perform incense upon it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generation. Did you notice what he said about this incense? It's supposed to be a perpetual incense, always done. 
It, it was started in the morning when they got up. Uh, they burnt some incense. Uh, they got that sweet-smelling Savior going up to God. And at the end of the day, uh, they burnt some more incense to get that sweet-smelling Savior. It, it is a picture of prayer. David said, I, I want my prayer to be like that. I, I, I want my prayer to be a, 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 a perpetual, constant incense smell in the nostril of God according to Revelation 5 and the prayers are to be like that so all of us we should be doing these things this is what our prayer should be we start out in the morning with prayer every morning he said burn some incense on it I, I want to smell something from you this morning I want you to get in there and start praying God wants to smell something from you every morning when you get out of bed it should be the first thing that you do God wants to hear your prayers that translate into incense before him. And then he said it in the evening. When you get ready to go to bed, when the last thing at night, you just don't lay your head down and say, well, I'll just go on to sleep. You ought to say, Lord, I, I've been through this day. I've done this through this day. I've had this my daytime. I, I've done all I can do for you. And Lord, i just like to go on to sleep. And I want to thank you for keeping me throughout this day. In your day in prayer so God can smell that incense of your prayer in his nostril. Yeah. Let me just say, a life that doesn't lean on prayer is a life telling God, I've got this. You, you don't lean on prayer during the day. You're telling God, look, God, I, I, I got this today. I, I'm, I'm got, I, I've got it. I, I really don't want my testimony of prayer be towards the God. Look, Lord, I got it. Don't worry about it. You never know what's going to happen in the day. You know, never know what you're going to encounter in a day. The Bible says boast about tomorrow for you know not the day might hold. You may start the day well. You may start it good. You may start with good intentions and somewhere along the line something drips aside. You get off path and you lose path. You lose sight of where you're supposed to be going. You ought to start praying that God will direct your path. God will direct your feet. You ought to start in the morning. Lord, direct my path. That's that sending up that sweet smelling savor to God. Do you realize smells can trigger certain things? Amen. I tell you, it ain't nothing like smelling a good baked ham. It ain't nothing like smelling a good pot of pinto beans cooking with some fat backing up in them things and cornbread. You know, smells can trigger some things in our life. Amen. Smell can be a powerful thing. Smell is one of those Five senses. Now you got five senses. Five senses. You have smell is one of the things. I think one of the worst things about COVID is that a lot of people said they lost their sense of smell. They could not smell nothing. What a thought that you walk around that you cannot smell a sweet cherry cheesecake. I thought to myself, man, that's just that's, that's about the worst thing in the world to do. I can't smell. I can I I had to admit this when I got first got married to my wife. She is my wife. <laughs> she got mad at me every time she would cook, and I would sit down to eat. It was a habit. I don't know why it was a habit, but it was something I did. I would smell every bite before I ate it. Every bite. I mean, just eat it. 
It's the same thing. I could be eating ham. I smelled every piece that I thought. I'm, I'm looking for something. I don't know what it was. But it was just a habit. And I, every time I could smell that ham, it triggered something in my mind, uh, something about with that. It'd be hard to sit down if you don't smell the good cooking your wife was cooking for you that night. One of the blessings about eating is that smelling. Yeah. Amen. I'm telling you, it smells good. Smell right before you get to taste it. You get to smell that. And glory to God, you know what is coming when you smell that. You know, when you've been smelling that all day long, you know what's about to happen. Do you realize smell can trigger that too? If a man was made after the image of God, and God made man in his image, then God give us certain things that God's got. I know we lost our fellowship with God when they fell out of, of Adam and Eve, but God has made us in His image, and that means God has the same senses that you and I have, and if God has the same senses that you and I have, then God is wanting to do something to come up to Him that smells that great-smelling, that sweet-smelling savor of prayer. And that's what God wants. And I believe that uh, if we get in the right mind frame, we get in the right track about praying. And let me just say this. Let me stop and pause right here for a minute. Our prayer life is what keeps us going. Yep. Amen. Amen. If you're not praying steadily, if you're not getting down on your knees on a steady basis, then your prayer life, you're going to start drifting out of the will of God. You'll start drifting out of the path of God. Your prayer life what is what keeps you going. Amen. Don't, don't ever back up on praying. Don't ever give up on praying. I, we've talked about this, that you know, I've been praying 10 years for this, 15 years for that. Don't stop praying. Because God's going to hear it. Because it's going to trigger something in God one day. There's been times I smell stuff that will trigger memories that I have. I, I could smell something cooking. It will take me back to my grandmother. She used to make pot roast on Sunday. Every Sunday it was pot roast. Potatoes, carrots, and stout beans, cornbread. That was, that was the stable of the day. And that pot roast would be cooking in a pressure cooker. You know what's in a pressure cooker? I think It would throw off a smell throughout the house that you knew what was coming. I know what was coming. I get up in the morning, and there's that smell, and she starts cooking early, there's that smell. I go outside and come back in, there's that smell. And, and every now and then, at something I may smell, it will trigger that memory that I have of her and what was going on. It, it's the same thing with God. Same thing with God. God smells things. Smell triggers something in the childhood memory. Something triggers a good day. You've had the first day. You remember the first car you had and that first smell you had in your car? I remember it. Two weeks later, it was wrecked. I, I remember that. But it triggers something in us. Can I say it's the, it's the way it works with God, the smell, the incense. When you start praying and smelling, it goes up to God. And you know what it's about. The Bible says back in Acts chapter 10, verse 4, Thy prayers and thy alms are come up to me for a memorial before God. Now listen to me. I'm not saying God forgets things. You ain't got to forget nothing to remember something. 
Just because I said I, I remember, that does not mean I have forgotten. Just means I was thinking about it, wasn't thinking about it, and then you mentioned something or I smelled something, then I start remembering about it. You know what, I, what prayer is? When you get down saying, Lord, I'm bringing that name of uh, that person before you. I'm bringing my, my wayward child before you. I'm bringing my, my loved one before you. You know what there's going to. I, I've been praying about it and praying about it. Uh, I, Lord, I, I, I'm dealing with it over and over. I'm going to deal with it. And you think God is not hearing. You think he's not moving anything. And all of a sudden, that uh, God just smells that, that prayer. And you can say, oh, I remember when you brought that person before me. I remember now that you had done that. You brought that person before me. God, you, you know, God remembered Noah. The Bible said in Genesis chapter 8, after Noah had been floating all around all that time, it said, and God remembered Noah. Thank the Lord for God that remembers tonight. So what's the best way to keep God remembering what's going on in your life, in your prayer life. What's the best way to keep something in my life? Keep bringing that memorial, that uh, memories before God. Keep lighting the fires of prayer. Keep praying. Don't give up. Prayer, all, prayer, about, prayer about it over and over and over again. And why? Because that smell brings that memorial to God when he hears you. You read there that, like uh, John the Baptist his mom and daddy was praying and praying and praying and praying for a child. And he was praying. And, and, and Zach, Zach, Zacharias, his job in the temple was to keep the incense lit. Keep the incense lit. And when he was lighting the incense, and then all of a sudden he said, uh, the angel of the Lord came to him and said, Hey, fear not, Zacharias. For thy prayers is heard. God smelled again and said time again. Now's the time for you to get what you've been asking for. The smell is a memorial. Smell brings memories back in our lives. What can smell do for you and I? What can smell do when God, we pray and it goes up to God? First of all, smell can change moods. Amen. Amen. A pleasant smell can bring about a better mood. Amen. An unpleasant smell can bring about an unpleasant mood in some individuals. And I'm not saying God is moody. No, don't get me on that. But God does have moods. Amen. You understand that, that that's, He is, He's not moody. He's not up and down, in and out, wishy-washy. He's not like that. But he does have moods. God got angry. God gets angry. He'll get angry. God does have a wrath. God has joy. All the fruits of the Spirit come from God. And I'm saying tonight, when you read certain passages of Scripture... You know what cha changes the mood of God from one way to another way. Exodus chapter 32 said that God's people had gone on the wrong side. You've read that. You know the story. Noah, uh, Moses went up the mountain. The rest of them were down, down in the valley down there. And they got to 
wanting to worship something. They got stripped naked, dancing around and bowing down to a golden calf. God's wrath was about ready to pull off. God said, you know what? I'm going to get ready to wipe them completely out. I'm getting ready to move Moses. And I love this every time it got Moses, thy people have done this. I'm getting ready to start all over Moses. You're going to be the only one. I'm wiping them all out. What the Bible said? My Bible said Moses went and prayed. And went and prayed. Bible said when Moses prayed, God repented of the evil that he would do. He changed his mind. He changed his mood. Prayer can change mood about it. Amen. Amen. Every one of us got mood. You ever thought about prayers changing directions of God doing what he's going to do? Moses prayed and said, I'm going this way. The Bible said when David in Psalms 51, David was, had messed up there in the Psalms of repentance. Verse number 16, David said, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering." These sacrifices of burnt offering, these are the things, according to the Old Testament, God will smell them. They were sweet-smelling, savor to God. But God said, that's not what I want, David. Here's what I really want to smell, and it's not a dead animal. This is what I want to smell, David. Verse number 17. The sacrifice of God, a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart. Oh God, thou wilt not despise. David said, I, I understand I messed up, changed my heart, changed my life. And David got praying to God, change me. It can change direction. He said, David, I'm not looking for the smell of the fat of the dead animal. I am looking for the smell of a broken heart, of a repentance, crying out for mercy from your lips, David. That's what I want to smell like, David. He said, that means a whole lot more to me seeing uh, uh, a lamb or a ram on the altar is that I want your heart changed. You know how we keep God in this place? It's because of prayers. We keep that sweet spirit of God because of prayers that's going on. Praying can change and keep the Spirit of God in this place. You stop praying, and I, I, I guarantee if you stop praying, the sweet Spirit of God will leave this place. It's what's going on around here. That's how we get excited. That's why we see all the shouting going on. It's because the sweet, sweet Spirit of God is here because people are praying, Lord, help us tonight. We need help tonight, Lord. I don't know about you. I'm not waiting to get to church to get praying. I'm waiting that night. Not waiting to come to church to get God to move me. I'm already asking God before I ever get here, Lord, I need you now. I need something from you. I'm praying now, Lord, meet me at the church and just show out and show out. Don't wait to get to church before you start praying. I told you it's a perpetual thing. You start in the morning and the end when you go to bed at night. It's a perpetual thing. Keep that spirit of God here because you know why things are happening around here? It's because people are praying. People are praying. I don't know, I don't know about y'all, but I'll pray for every one of y'all and I'll pray for this church. It's on my lips every day. Lord, I pray for this church. You know what it said in Acts chapter 4? 
And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they all were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the Word of God with boldness. That's what happens when the Spirit of God comes in. And because, why? Because you're praying and you're in the right mind and right frame of mind praying for God. It's a memorial to God, but it, it helps change his moods. It gets us in the right direction. Amen. And it said in Acts chapter 16 when Paul and Silas was locked up in jail. Paul and Silas didn't say they start singing and praising God. First they said Paul and Silas start praying. They started praying. Don't get me wrong, we sing and praise God too, but everything begins with prayer. They start praying, and once they finish praying, then they start singing the praises of God and giving God the glory, and God shook everything loose. Now, God can shake this place like it's never been shaken before, but we've got to get people down on their knees and get right with God. Sacrifice of God, for God is a broken Spirit, you've got to be broken. You've got to get down on your knees broken and broken and contrite heart. That's where God wants us at. That's where God wants us to move at. We see that smells can change moods. It can bring about the memorial, your memory. But also smells can bring a message. You know, smells brings a message. You smell something, it tells you in your mind what's going on. What, what kind of message can smell bring? Well, depending on what it is. Depending on what it is. A can smell can bring a message of cleanness or unclean. Amen. You can tell. You can tell. I don't know, y'all running the wrong way with this, so I'm going to run with y'all. <laughs> It, it, smell does bring a message of either clean or unclean. It does. You can walk by somebody that don't smell right and go, ooh. <laughs> Amen. You can tell. But you walk by somebody and you go, oh, that smells sweet. I've, I've even asked guys at the time. I walked by and I said, what are you wearing? <laughs> it just, man, it smells so good. You know? But smells can bring a message of being clean or unclean. Amen. I, I, I was thinking about this, this verse. Not in order for us to have the right kind of prayer life, in order for us to be in the right plane with our prayer, God knows whether you're clean or unclean, spiritually. Spiritually, God God sees the heart. He knows the heart. And, it, and let me just say this. If you're here and you're unclean, you 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 got some things going on in your life, and you you just messed up and all of that, and then you want to cry out to God, the only prayer that God's going to hear of you, Lord, forgive me, for I'm a sinner. But don't sit here in church. You got some things going on in your life that should not be there, and you come and pray, Lord, I'm praying for this person. God don't hear it. It's like you hear something on the radio, you don't turn it off, but you just turn it down. You choose not to listen to it. That's exactly what God does. Exactly what does. If I regard iniquity in my heart, 
You, you let sin get in your life. You let iniquity get in your life. And then you start to try to pray to God and say, Lord, I, I, I'm praying this. God is choosing to turn your prayer down. He says, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to smell that. I don't want to hear it. Because it's filthy. He knows our heart. By regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. doesn't say he does not like Don said but he says it he will not hear you he said if you're know, knowingly harboring sin and iniquity in your heart knowing God has dealt with you to set certain things over and over and you go to pray and God says no nope, I don't want to hear it I've got something against you there's something you need to get right and I'm not going to hear the prayer you want to pray until you get what's in your life right for God ever hears your prayer, you've got to get your heart right with God. It brings a message of being clean or unclean, spiritually. Can I say this, and not to get anybody upset, prayers can bring, carry a message of family hostility. What do you mean family hostility? I'm not going into all of that, just write this down in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Talks about the husband and the wife's relationship, doing right one to another, keeping each other together. And it said at the end of it, that your prayers be not hindered. So what does that mean? If he's talking about the right relationship of husband and wife, and at the very end of it said that your prayers be not hindered. He said, you know what? You fight like cats and dogs and come to church and bow down at the altar. I'm not going to hear that. You got hostility, you got some uh, bitterness between each other, amen? That, uh, be honest, how many of you come to church mad at your spouse? Amen. And it goes both ways. It goes both ways. But you think God is saying, well, I, I, you argue all the way to church, you get to church, and you, you're wanting to just strangle each other, and you're in the car, and you're fighting and duking it out, and you walk through the church doors. Hey, everybody, how y'all doing? And you know you ain't right. And then you come to the altar and say, Lord, I want to pray about it. God said, no, you got something between your wife or husband, and you got to get right before I hear anything you say to me. That's what he's, got, that's what he's telling us. That hostility between it. And you've, we've seen it. It could be anybody. It could be anybody in your family the same way. It's the same, they the same thing. You fuss and you're fighting. You know, realize that can hinder your prayer life. And I know everybody has issues, and I know everybody has squabbles, because I have them too. I, I'm talking about that turned in full-blown hatred. You just want to just, there you go. Sleep that night for a while. <laughs> been there? I've been there. I had her on her knees begging the other night. Get up and on that bed and fight like a man. <laughs> God is not listening to your prayers when you got anger in your heart. Not, no matter who's it towards, it could be your family, it can be your friend, it can be your neighbor, it could be against anybody that you not even met. How you hate somebody you never met? I don't like what he's doing, but I can't hate him. 
But you can, you're not going to get your prayer into heaven because of the anger in your, in your life, in your heart. And we come to the altar and we think we're right because, hey, I'm mad at somebody that you don't know about. It. I'm mad about somebody I haven't told anybody. But let God knows everything about you. That hostility. We need to have a clean heart when we come to pray. We need to be in the right frame of mind when we come to pray. We don't get our prayers answered because we ask for the wrong things. James chapter 4 and verse 3. You asked and received not because you asked in a mist that you may consume it upon your own lust. You're asking God, you come to Boy, I'm telling you here. I've called up many people this. I'm praying I win the lottery. I'm praying you do too so you can tie it on it. <laughs> You're asking for things for yourself. Now, and I told you the other night, it's not, it's not wrong for you to pray for yourself concerning things that you need. But when you start praying for stuff that you don't need, Consume it because of the lust of the flesh. God is not going to grant you that. God is not going to listen to that. You're asking a mist and, and you're going to consume it within your own lust. And, and I know people are praying, Lord, I, I, I need this. If I had this, I'd be a whole lot better Christian. No, you get on the altar and get right with God and let God clean your heart up. You'll be a better Christian all the way around. I don't need a million dollars to be a better Christian. I don't need the lottery to be a better Christian. I don't need a mansion to be a better Christian. We all can be better Christians right where we at if we get clean with God, our hearts right with God, our minds in tune with God, and start praying the right way. Then he said he had all these things unto you. When you start asking for things because of consuming them, your own lust, God hears that. God knows that. God knows what you're asking for. You have not because you ask not because you're getting something for your lust. You got fleshly desires, fleshly hopes. I'm asking for this just for me. You know, I want my prayers to carry the right message. I want when God smells my prayers, it's a sweet, savoring smell to Him. And it brings that memorial back to Him and it changes His mood. It brings the right message back to Him. It can only be done with the right heart, right mindset. This, this thing about prayer is, is, is real. It is, it, is, it is a Christian walk is prayer. I, I don't know about you. I don't, know, I, I don't think I could walk around this world without praying. I, I could be praying and be sitting here and looking at y'all and be praying. I'm praying, sitting right here, praying and everything. I don't know how a Christian can go through life every day without first getting in contact with the Creator. Lord, here I am. I am, I'm a, I am a wreck this morning. I, I don't know what's coming on in my day, but I'm a wreck right now. If I'm a wreck right now just getting out of bed, I need your help now. And I need you to guide me through what's coming ahead of me. 
Prayer is important. It's an important part of Christian life. It's that communication between you and God, constantly, perpetual, not ending. Don't say, well, I'll pray once a day and that's it. And most of the time, most of the time all of our prayers is around a mealtime. How many times do you pray a day? Three times a day. I ate three meals. We ought to start praying over your snacks so you can pray more. When you get that ice cream, pray over the ice cream. Lord, thank you for this chocolate ice cream I'm about to eat. Amen. But it ought to be a constant thing, a perpetual thing. It's prayer. Perfunal prayer. It's that smell. It, it, God smells your prayers. And let me tell you what. He'll do what he can do for you. I love that. Don't, don't cheat yourself and say, well, I, I don't think God's going to answer my prayers. God answered Hannah's prayer. She prayed for a son. Elizabeth prayed for a child. God answered their prayers. Just because God don't answer the way you want it answered, when you want it answered, don't mean God ain't going to answer it. Just keep praying. The thought of prayer in our lives, amen, the thought of prayers.